Friday, I realized something about myself this past week that I'm a little bit embarrassed about. Okay, and you've chosen to share it on this frothy light. Yeah, I've chosen podcast. to share it pri- privately with you. And, uh, <laughs> no one else. Else. Dennis, there's no one else listening. Shh, you can tell yeah. me anything. Yeah, shh, shh, shh. Um, Let's go. What's I was up? Get, I was going to get lunch this place a couple times this week because it's near where I work. And I was trying different things. I was like, oh, they have this today, like a curry today, yada, yada. And I was like, mm. ugh. I was like, I'm going to plan around, like, you know, when I go for lunch here because, you know, there's only a couple things in the menu I like and then it changes every day, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hang on a second. There's a deli counter here. They have chicken fillet rolls. Yeah. And at that point, I realized I think I could happily eat a chicken fillet roll for lunch every single day. And I don't think I would ever get sick of it. So, and this is something you're embarrassed by? Well, I just, I'm not embarrassed. This, but like, this is something to celebrate. This is, something, <laughs> this is a wonder. This is wonderful. I haven't locked an efficiency like, in my life. Exactly. Like last year, so no, when was it? 2020, uh, when, when the pandemic hit, right? <clears throat> I piled on a couple of kgs, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll admit it. And I realized when I was getting a bit soft around the edges, I need to drop it, right? So I cut I cut a lot of stuff out of my diet, right? And I didn't, I wasn't like going super hard. I was just, I was just trying to like, you know, in a very literal sense, trim the fat. Yeah. And I just, I started eating a healthier breakfast food. That was mm-hmm. a big thing, right? Because I was have buttery toast or, you know, having sugary, whatever. So I started eating plain bran flakes. Mm-hmm. And Dennis, it's been two years. And I just, I've eaten bran flakes probably 90% of every morning I've woken up, I've eaten bran flakes. And I just, I just can't get enough. Of I, I, I don't like, it's oh, I'm not like, oh, this is the, just the best. You're not, weepy, you're not like, weeping into the bran flakes. Exactly. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shedding salty tears of joy into my bran flakes, but like, I just, I could eat them every day for the rest well, of my life for breakfast and be happy with it. The two things I want to ask was the first one was going to be, is there anything you think you could eat every day of your life and I'd be happy with it? And I did not expect it to Done be that. brown flakes. Although you, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do almost, you do almost recently eat brown foods and I can't think of a browner food than a brown flake. Oh yeah, a food yeah, designed yeah. to be so bland it would stop you from masturbating. That <laughs> and that's no, what that, you're talking about. That, that was cornflakes. That was quite Bra- literally cornflakes. But yeah. cornflakes are nicer than bran flakes. They're not. Cornflakes get soggy really fast, and bran flakes they hold their crisp surprisingly long. Interesting. They're tougher, Dennis. They're tougher. They they're have made that, they've got stuff. that crispy crunch that you crave. Ugh, um, but- Dennis, I- I'd like you to walk people through what a chicken fillet roll is i think we've talked about them a little bit but it is it's an it's an irish icon that isn't i mean that people, that's not leading the St. Pa- patrick's day parades and it no, should be people ask a lot like what irish cuisine is like and people will joke and they say oh no potatoes is the most irish kind of meal which is a very funny joke to be fair um mm-hmm. but irish cuisine broadly speaking as a immigrant to ireland sucks <laughs> it's like leek and potato soup and it's like fine and it's like mm. coddle which is unfit for human consumption and stuff like that. Real Irish cuisine that real Irish people eat. Mm. There's two items. One is a breakfast roll, and the second is a chicken fillet roll. A chicken mm-hmm. fillet roll is a piece of breaded chicken, a chicken fillet that is breaded, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you cut it up into strips, and you put it into a demi-baguette, or just a bread roll, I suppose, usually with butter or mayonnaise, and then some salads, lettuce, tomato, whatever. That's mm-hmm. it. You can get them at any supermarket, any corner market, any petrol station, and any chipper in Ireland. Now, so Dennis has told, like uh, Dennis told me this years ago when I when I first visited Ireland to hang out with him. Well, because I I'd been to Ireland a bunch of times before I met you, and I'd never come across one of these things. Mm-hmm. And you were just describing the perfect food to me, and you're like, oh, I can get them anywhere. Da da da, petrol station. I'm like, oh, okay, very funny. And you're like, no, no, seriously, you can get them at petrol stations. I'm like, so I can go in and get like, <clears throat> you know, fill up a car with unleaded. 
grab a, an overpriced drink from the fridge, mm-hmm. uh, an oil, uh, an oil filter, mm-hmm. and then you get a chill- chicken fillet roll. Correct. And it's we did. Didn't we do exactly that? Well, I mean, the most absurd thing about me buying a chicken fillet roll, Dennis, was the prep that you. We, we sort of did some, uh, you know, we we had a practice. We run. had a couple dry runs. Yeah, we had a rehearsal. We had a couple dry runs, Dennis. This was that. This was unbelievable. So I said to Riley, no matter where you go in the country, they'll ask you the same set of questions as you assemble your chicken roll in the same order, like mm. an NPC does in a video game. There's a decision tree and some some conversations, and that's it. It is the same every time. And those questions in order are: you go up and you say, "Hi, like a chicken fillet roll, please." Let me and let then, me say. Let me see if I can do it. Okay. Um, uh, plain or spicy? Earlier. No, no, no. Brown, brown or white? Brown or white? Brown or white? For the bread roll, correct. White or brown? For the bread roll, first one. Yep. White or brown? Uh, uh, sp- uh plain or spicy? What kind of chicken? Occasionally, they will have southern fried. Think of that as like DLC in a video game. Yeah, DLC. Yep. Uh, butter mayo. Mm-hmm. For the sauce and the chicken. So roll, a lot yeah. of this is a lot of it's binary so far, but then mm-hmm. it spreads out. This is where they the devs put in a lot of work because then it goes yeah. any salad. Any salad, which can include things like cheese or bacon or more cold yes. chicken if you want it, I suppose. The Irish have a very generous definition of what salad involves. Salad is everything ah. at the deli that is not in the hot section. I'll have some uh, egg and mm-hmm. a jalapeno and uh, a bit of bacon, please. Ah, yes, an egg, jalapeno and bacon salad. Delicious. Your your, your sticker will say chicken fit roll plus three salad. And then at the end they go cut in half. We'd like to cut in half, yes. Yep, and then that's it. Uh, but, but Dennis said this to me, and I'm like, okay, sure. First, you're telling me they sell them at petrol stations. Secondly, you're telling me there's this national script that every chicken fillet roll artisan scripts uh, sticks to. And then we went into Centra, and the person behind the counter was like, white or brown? And Riley just looked at Pine me. Spicy. And, and I just, just couldn't. stared I, at me like, like yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they like are- Like an oblivion a- NPC dialogue. It was just, yeah. It yeah, was wild. They're like butter and mayo, and you're like, do, do, like do, do you have taco sauce? And their face scrunches into that thing when they're <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> and then they ran out from behind the counter, swing wildly at with a broom. Why won't you die? Oh man, I miss having chicken fillet rolls, dude. Like it is. I, I think if if they were available here in Australia, I you know anywhere that I went out. Any time that I needed a meal anywhere, I'd just be like chicken fillet roll. Like, well, I'm not going to go into a cafe or restaurant and pay $20 for some, you know, artisanal smashed tomato. They are, they're in high demand because they're usually not available until like 10.30 or 11. And then by 2 mm. o'clock, they're all gone. And they're they, gone. They do yes, batches, yeah. Well, no, remember, I was at your place and it was like... Three years We weren't at like dinner hungry, but we were like, ah, oh, we need to eat. And I was like, let's get a chicken fillet roll. And you're like, oh, sweet summer child. I'm like, what? We can go. And you're like, no, no, no. The time for that has passed. <laughs> now, larger places, like a big supermarket, will have them all day long. And Riley, here's yeah. the real killer, which is that corner shops in the city center will have them 24 hours a day. You, oh, of course. I mean, the, 2 a.m. post-club chicken roll. Oh. And the thing is, they're so cheap as well. They're yeah, they're so they're like, cheap. They're like four, they're like three euro, three fifty, four euro. Yeah, I mean, I felt hardly hard done by when we went to Scarborough Fair, and I had to pay six fifty because it was so expensive. Like this, this is a fancy. This is where you know they're, they're selling like cheeses that are so mouldy they could walk off the shelves themselves. Mm-hmm. Right, that's how fancy this place is. You go like the frozen pizzas there in you know you know in some like fancy restaurants you can watch them prepare your meal. This one, this place is so fancy. There's a bloke in a in a parker in the freezer preparing the frozen pizzas as he's and he just chucks it into a freezer. freezer. It, that's exactly what's there happening. There is a Dunnybrook Fair in a different location that when you go to get a chick, uh, a breakfast roll, a breakfast roll for those who don't know is roughly the same structure as a chicken roll except instead of chicken and things like that you get sausage, bacon, eggs, etc. Yes, mm-hmm. a pudding often. 
Um, the you know, wo- breakfast foods. That you is know, a, sausages. That's like a, it's a full Irish or full English breakfast in a sandwich. Do you know what I really enjoy about being Australian is that we're sort of culturally in this midway point, I think, roughly between the United States, between American culture and British culture, right? Well, geographically, you're kind of like, yeah. So, so when it suits me, I can pretend like British cultural traditions are weird. For example, eating sausages and beans for breakfast, although I do love sausages and beans for breakfast, I will say that. But I can pretend that's weird. And then mm. I can also, whenever Amer- Amer- like if it's American you culture You can also pretend guns weird. are weird. <laughs> a breakfast roll, though. A breakfast roll. Uh, the play, one of the Dinerbrook fairs will ha- had like a griddle and a guy who, when you were like, "Can I get two sausages and an egg in a roll?" He'd go, "Of mm. course, sir," and fry <gasps> the egg for you oh, right there, like at a like at a fancy hotel, like at a fancy hotel. It was that's amazing, serious. Yeah, dude, that's sick. Oh my goodness, I would love that. I remember staying so one time for a work gig. Right, <clears throat> we stayed at a four star hotel. Four stars. This hotel had. Out of a hundred, but no, don't no one don't tell that, right? It's a good four, four star hotel. It had a rooftop pool. Mm. It had it was so fancy. This place had a gym. Was this Barcelona? Because I, I was that, it was Barcelona. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah, I stayed. I stayed in that hotel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was beautiful, right? Um, Nikki and I sidebar stayed in that hotel and then went to move to an Airbnb. And the Airbnb was so disappointing. We went back to the hotel. Oh right, and just just forked out the uh, forked out the cash. No, no. Well, the Airbnb secretly had two cats. That we weren't aware of, which we didn't actually mind, but we were like, you can't just have pets in the, the apartment and not tell people. So we got our money back. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, like, what if anyway, I'm allergic? So, yeah, so this, anyway. but remember the remember the breakfast there? Yes. Oh. Having a literal Spaniard cook you a Spanish omelette mm-hmm. as you, like, first thing in the morning is, oh, dude, it was. That that breakfast was out of this world, man. My it parents always told me when I was world. a kid, we stayed in a hotel once that had a, um, a crepe man, a crepe man. Uh, a, cre- a, a creep, a creep, um, <laughs> a creeper. <laughs> yeah, a crepe bar. And had a guy making crepes, and I think I yep. was like ten, and um, mm-hmm. I would go up and get a crepe, and he'd make me a little one because I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. And I come back and I eat it, and I go up and get another crepe, and then the second day we were there, I just pulled my chair up and parked at the end of the crepe station, and was like, "Keep them coming, Efficiency. good man." <laughs> Efficiency, yeah, 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 yeah. You needed like a like a sushi train for crepes. Yeah, exactly, like one of the conveyor belts. Yeah. What's your go-to on a crepe? Uh, I like savory crepes. Oh, I was gonna say I love a savory crepe. I, I love, love a savory. savory. If, it, if it has to be sweet, I'll take take lemon and sugar. But that's uh, a no, very uh, Irish uh, crepe. Lemon and sugar. That's uh, an Irish uh, crepe. Cheese and chives is my go-to. So, uh, crepes. When people here make pancakes, they almost exclusively make crepes. They never make thick pan American pancakes. Like a like a buttermilk pancake, like you yeah. get it um at like IHOP or whatever. Yeah, they make when, when also I start, IHOP. Very they, much, very much not uh, the eye there. They, I, I've looked this up many times. I, the International Pass of Pancakes does have locations in other countries. Uh, what Canada? There's one in Toronto. No, so it's like it's, the that's the World Series now. It's very weird. Hang on, um, pl- locations. Here we go. It's, it's is, 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 have we got another Harvey Norman on our hands here? No, 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 no. Um, I remember seeing this. Oh my god. So Harvey Norman, for those of you who don't know, is an Australian domestic goods retailer, right? So you can go and buy white goods. You can buy kitchen appliances. They've got couches. They've got all sorts of stuff, right? It's where I bought a copy of Knights of the Old Republic 2 for $110 when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And then one time, Dennis picked me up from the airport. The first time you'd come to Ireland to visit me. And then we drove to, I think the only thing, we couldn't get a chicken filter roll, so we had to it was like one KFC, yeah. which was really not good. The only time I've ever had good KFC was in the Czech Republic. 
wasn't in Ireland. We went to KFC. That, we I was there for that too. <laughs> but we got you bought me it. Yeah. Uh, but we got out of the car in like this, in this business like industrial park. Yeah. yeah business park an industrial estate. They've got like you know all the you know it's the sort of place like oh I've got a furniture home. I'll go here and they'll have everything I need. And across the road was a Harvey Norman. And I was like, did I get off in Dublin or Dubbo? What you is were going living on? in a simulation. And if you go to the Harvey Norman website, it's like available in 118 locations across Australia and three in Ireland. <laughs> and that's it. No. But then Dennis, oh, you've forgotten the third part of the story. What was the third part? Do you or the third country that's involved? Do you remember when I was looking? Because I can't remember where I was, but I went on the Harvey Norman website, mm-hmm. and it was like because I went to HarveyNorman.com.au when I was living in the UK. This, Harvey like, Norman is, is for Americans listening. Harvey Norman is, is just is Best Buy. Did you? It's not Best Buy. No, no, no. Uh, it sounds like couches like, and it's stuff. More like, it's more like Home Depot, I guess. Then no, because it doesn't sell tools. Mm. It sells yeah. like it, it sells furniture. It sells furniture. But also, and like, like you, can, you can buy a PlayStation Five there. Yeah. Yes, also, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I wouldn't. It's very surprised. But um, but then the third country that they have outlets, Dennis, I told you this. Do you not remember? Is it Scotland? No, it's Croatia. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it is. Harvey Norman in Croatia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must be involved in some capacity, right? You must be involved in some way. Your best mate's Australian. You're from Croatia and you live in Ireland. Like, that's where they're all, that's where all Harvey Norman. Uh, mate, are you Harvey Norman? Harvey Normanovich, perhaps, yes. <laughs> uh, I have found the countries that have IHOPs, Riley. First of all, can you guess how many, six, how many IHOPs there are? I gave it away by saying that. It's 1,600 IHOPs. IHOPs. 1,600 IHOPs, that's a lot. Uh, in, in 50 states and District of Columbia, as well as Bahrain, Canada, Dubai, Guatemala, Kuwait, Mexico, Puerto Rico, Saudi Arabia, the Philippines, and the Virgin Islands. Weird spread. So Middle East... Um, parts of Latin America and then Middle randomly East. Southeast Asia. Okay, uh, Latin America and Central America, prox- proximity, right, to the US. I mean, that's just US imperialism throughout the, uh, yeah. the Western Hemisphere. I mean, that's, um, Dennis, that's a tale as old as time. Um, Dubai and Saudi Arabia, probably just American businessmen. Uh, or airports. Yes, or airports. Philippines is an odd one. No. Let's just do the same thing, I guess, yeah. No. D- Dennis, would you like to guess which country uh, the Philippines was a colonial possession of for a very long time in its history? Is this the United States of America? The United States of America. Yeah. People forget that the, p- people forget that the United States was literally an empire for a while. Yeah. They, they, they dipped their toe. But sorry, what I was going to say was crepes. So mm. we here have Pancake Tuesday, um, mm. right, be- right before Lent, where you make pancakes yep. and everyone here makes crepes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Irish people typically have lemon and sugar in their crepe, like you suggested. Yep. Or something put like Nutella in a crepe. No, I don't like Nutella in a crepe. I have, when we first had crepes, I, I, I had a rude awakening because I moved to Maniki and I wasn't with my parents anymore. And I was like, oh, let's make, let's make pancakes, Pancake Tuesday. And she's like, cool. So we want it. And I was like, oh, the nut paste. And Nikki was like, what? And I was like, you know, the, the nut, nut paste. paste. The nut paste. You know, that paste, what comes from nuts. That paste, what comes from nuts. Nikki's like, I can't help you there. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have a serious discussion. And I was like, what do you mean? And I, I, I was like, oh. This is like a Yugoslavian thing. This is not a a, a universal thing. Yeah, so what is. I grew up having in 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 pancakes is you take a bunch of walnuts, right? You grind them into like a fine powder. Okay. You put some sugar in it, uh-huh. a little bit of hot milk, and some right. cognac, and it okay. beca- and it becomes this delicious paste. That you walnut put in your butter. Pan- Pretty much walnut butter with. Some Hennessy, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your parents are just giving this to you as a five-year-old yeah. crepes, yeah. It's great. I mean, it does. I, I I don't know what cognac sounds like, tastes like, but the rest of it sounds pretty good. And when I say cognac, it's what's like what like you. I know, I know you're too tall, but like you, you would you eat wine that chicken that was cooked in wine? 
I guess I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't I'd choose try to, to avoid it, but yeah. no, I wouldn't yeah. choose to. But I, oh yeah, I wouldn't. Like well, there's, there's also usually no actual alcohol in that. That's different. Hmm. Um, but my father will eat crepes with like full of like cottage cheese. Oh, I really don't like cottage with cheese. With other cheese on top, and then he'll like bake oh, it in the oven. he's having a bloody like, Quattro Formaggio on a, on <laughs> yeah, a and on I'm a like, crepe. dude, this is rotten. And he's like, no, it's so good. It's oh, hearty. Man. Good for the soul. Good for the soul, yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, no. so in summary, Look, chicken roll, eat every day, no problem. Cottage cheese, crepe, never. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Australia just doesn't have anything like that, man. I wish we did. I wish you could go to, you know, the... the well, in the, Europe, it's like kebabs, right? Like kebabs, yeah, well, I mean, you can get any. I mean, Ireland has that. Definitely you can get it any other day. Definitely, yeah. I mean, in Germany, I I ate tons of those things when I couldn't like be bothered cooking. And then I saw like a thing on the internet <laughs> about how much like fat and stuff was in them. Like you know the thing. You know you've seen those Nutella, the, the anti Nutella. I was going to say the Nutella ads. It's the opposite. Uh, ads telling you how bad for you Nutella how, is. How like, it's just sugar se- paste. Yeah. Separated into its constituent parts, right? Yeah. And it's like forty percent sugar or something. Someone did that for a kebab, and I was like, oh, I need to stop eating them. But Australia just doesn't like. We got souvlakis, right? Like, mm. there's there's a sizable Greek uh, contingent in 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 our in our food. You know, generally speaking, like. But the thing is, like, Australia is very heavy. There's not really Australian cuisine. It's very heavily influenced by uh, foreign um, foreign cuisines, foreign culture. You know, big a lot of Asian food in Australia. That's it's of some thing. Asian food, and then, but then it isn't mostly a lot of British food. If people if British people had the weather to barbecue all the time, that's true. But what I'm saying is, there's no like. I'll get a. I guess you could technically go and get a kebab. Like there are kebab shops, you get a souvlaki, whatever else. But there's no, there's no chicken, there's no chicken fillet roll. There's nothing you analog. No, there's nothing that it's like. Oh, just get this. You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever like, seen anywhere that has as as much ubiquity as chicken fillet rolls in Ireland, especially considering how no one knows about it. That and that's one thing I find really weird because, like, of all of all the you know cultural uh, appropriation that goes on on around the world, right? Irish cultural appropriation is particularly egregious. Like, like it's so so bad. Irish pubs should serve chicken fillets in New York or whatever. But you know, it, it is it's the opposite of Foster's. It's Australian for beer. People in Australia don't drink Foster's, right? But it's this thing that around the world in Australian pubs it's served, and that's nonsense. But like Irish pubs, if do they even have tato chips, Dennis? Yes, they do. They do. They do. No, but like. Irish. I, I, I'm going to check the Irish pubs here in Australia and see if oh, they do them. Oh, sorry. I, I bet they don't. In Ireland. I was requested. Oh, yeah. Well, I bet, of course they do in Ireland. I mean, so they grow so trees so in Ireland. They you, really do. you can't leave you. There's a theme there. park. Although they are losing the license to that theme park. Tato, for those not knowing, is the is a brand of potato chips in Ireland that everyone loves. It's like Dennis gave me this, like, taste these. They're the best chips you'll ever have. And I'm like, I just chips. Full of sauce, I don't love them. I think they're fine. They're, they're not. not they're not. I prefer a hunky dory, for example. Was it not you who who was it? Was it Jeff? Well, I, I, I said Jeff. you should try. Well, maybe it was Jeff. Jeff from the country. That's I very think likely. no, no, no. But someone, some, an, an Irish, an Irish person was claiming to me that I'll never want another chip after I've had a. Tattoo that would have been Jeff more than like that would have been because I, 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 I don't. I, they're not. They're not even my favorite crisps. But they're not that they good are at all. a thing. But it's it's this sort of you know Irish culture in inverted commas is all shamrocks and leprechauns and you know getting pissed out your head. When in reality, it's like, you know, what eating a chicken roll at, at, at a rainy bus stop before a gas suits. Yeah. Chicken fillet rolls. Yeah, that's real Irish culture, dude. <laughs> that's real Irish culture, man. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry, Dennis. I'm sorry. As, as part of the non Irish rest of the world, I'm sorry for what we've done to your culture. We've it's not the non aligned movement. <laughs> as part of the non aligned movement, yes. It's me, North Korea, and Tito. 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh. Anyway, I wanted to talk to you uh, about food as well, Dennis, oh, interestingly. Oh, wow. We, we didn't and rehearse this. Long listeners of the pod, long-time listeners of the podcast, we've been going, Dennis, 10 episodes now. They said it. They said it would network. They said we couldn't do it, Dennis. They said we couldn't do it, and here we are, ten episodes later. Um, we, we've sort of established on this podcast asking someone, asking the other person a question that all we want to do is we want to answer it ourselves. Right? Oh yeah, like, well, what's, it's a very no, common conversational technique. Exactly right. You're just waiting. You wait for the, your turn to talk. You watch mm-hmm. their mouth to see when they stop, and then you start. Right. Um, but I've got a question that legitimately I actually want your answer to because wow. I don't know. Okay, I'm excited now. You ever been to a restaurant with an eating challenge? I have. Like a place where it's like, you know, we'll serve you the mega burger. And it's, and it's like, free it's, and you get a t-shirt if you eat it and we don't stock those t-shirts in a small. Yes. <laughs> exactly, right? Like it's free if you can finish it within such and such a time. Yes. How do they determine how long you get? So I've never done one of these eating challenges. And that was going to be a follow-up question. Have you any real-world experience of an eating challenge? Because of every time I look at that, I'm like, I could do that. And I'm like, no, because they've, they've, they've put it 35 minutes, which means that it's possible in 30, but they've put 35 because it's not possible in 35. Like, the house always wins. Oh, the other way around, surely. What do you mean? They put 30 minutes and it takes 35 to eat. Otherwise, sorry, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's possible to do it in 30, 30 minutes, but not But if you languish for even a second, you're done. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm... I, I'm convinced every uh, most eating challenges. So there's two. There's two, uh, and my experience is going to be mostly from my father here, Rowdy, who mm-hmm. has never participated mm-hmm. in an eating challenge, but is obsessed with watching a TV show called Man vs. Food. Ah, uh, yes, of course, with. I've heard. It. I've never seen it, but I've heard it. It's this, a yeah. touring show where he goes to different restaurants, but at the end of every episode is an eating challenge. Mm-hmm. Eating challenges always come on two axes. Go on. They are lots of food or very spicy food. Those are the two yes. axes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you start to get into these things where, like, when he's, as it goes across the episode, the show. First of all, it's a lot of like, these are the hottest chicken wings in all of Louisiana. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's okay, mm-hmm. makes sense. And then it's like, this burger's two pounds of pure American beef, and I gotta put it away with a milkshake in thirty-five minutes. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, but then with he, you so far. he has to start drifting further afield over time, and it's like. This is a 16-egg omelet that I got to eat. I'm like, what are you doing? What you don't time? have to make an You can make an omelet out of two eggs, mate, if you want. That's What fine. is a single ostrich egg omelet? No. I watched, um one time I watched a video where he ate, like, just 50 oysters. <laughs> I was like, this oh. is horrible. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I, like, I've never had an oyster, but eat isn't really the right verb for an oyster. There's you an consume old, them, don't you? There's an old Billy Connolly bit where he talks about how hungry do you think the first guy to eat an oyster had to have been. <laughs> to pick up yeah, yeah, a yeah. rock on a beach full of snot and be like, mm, maybe. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's like the old the Bill Watterson, the Calvin and Hobbes joke. Who was the first guy that squeezed a cow's udder and was like, yep, put that in my breakfast cereal. Put that, you know? put that on my, my brand flakes. Don't want to get yeah, too fussy. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I just, I've tried one eating challenge ever. Oh, how'd it go? I did the hot ones challenge. Okay. Yeah, well, th- this is this is slightly different, right? Because you, want, you like, want volume, right? Because I'm talking about volume, but yeah, how was the hot ones challenge for you? Um, I don't love spicy food. I love buffalo wings, but like we I talked love, about with Nutella, oh, buffalo sauce is my absolute favorite condiment well, of all time. Yeah. Buffalo sauce, like we talked about this because with Nutella just now, buffalo sauce. The recipe is 50% Frank's Red Hot, 50% melted butter. That's the constituent parts of buffalo sauce. They're very upfront about it. And I mean, hot sauce is great, and butter usually makes food better. So great. So they, it is they've great. really nailed it. 
Um, and then we tried this thing, and it turns out there's a, so for those of you who haven't watched Hot Ones, I'm sure you have I've heard of it, it's a YouTube show where celebrities do interviews and they get progressively hotter wings, but you can buy the kit of the sauces they use and do it at home, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've hijacked your topic, I'm sorry, but whatever. Um, we had to go to a place that serves wings and be like, hey, can we get, um, you know, 50, it was me, Steve, Nick, and Jeff, can we get 50 plain chicken wings? And the guy's like, okay, so just buffalo sauce. And I was like, no, no, no just like plain. <laughs> you, you, need, you need to listen to what I ordered again, okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm I, not even I, understand. And he was like, sauce on the side? And I was like, if you want, but I, I have sauce at home, I'm going to put on them. I, don't, I just want some wings. I just don't want to have to fry 50 wings in my house. Yep. And he was like, cool, cool, cool. And he didn't understand what we were doing. This guy just thought we were the whitest, most boring people in the world. Because he, yeah. ha- he had to be the bag of wings at the end. And, he, and, and he, a pained look came across yeah. his face. And he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went, ketchup? And I was like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, no, no, we've got a really hot sauce at home. It's mayonnaise, all right? Now, yeah. we've, we've got to pick up our order at Ikea before we get back. We have salt Come on, and Nikki, pepper. Let's get back to the car and put and put the red hot chili peppers on as we drive. <laughs> um, but we tried it, and, you know, sauces one through four, pretty tasty hot sauces. Sauces five through eight, um, really terrible and horrible. Sauces nine and ten, a fair to complete at that stage. You just sprint to the finish. Wouldn't recommend. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. I've never tried a volume eating challenge, but I, like you, share your hubris. I'm convinced I could do it. I, I always look at it, but the thing is, it's not so. It's the time. I look that gets at it and think, but no, no, no. It's not. It's it's not. It's nothing to do with the food at all, right? It's the only reason I don't try it is because I know it's rigged. You're thinking about a casino. I'm thinking about it in terms of they wouldn't give away this stuff for free, right? They wouldn't put that up there unless they knew for a certainty you weren't going to be able to do it. Either it'd be too much food or not enough time. Well, here's the thing, Roddy. Um, the markup on specific foods can be very high. So sure. they, even if it's like 40 bucks but free if you finish it, or 30 yeah. bucks but free if you finish it, it probably only costs them like 10 bucks. And they're paying for the photo and the tweet and the, the hubbub in the restaurant. Yes, but what I'm saying is, Dennis, it can't be an easy eating challenge. No, of course like not. Most, most people have to fail it. <clears throat> it depends. It depends on like there, there can be eating challenges where you want you want one in a hundred people to finish it. There can be eating challenges mm-hmm. where you want three people ever to finish it, and there can be eating challenges where it takes up or about a third of people to finish it. I've seen I've seen all all, all those. Yeah, I it depends, but still, it's a majority of okay. But okay, here's my question then. Right, this is what I really want to get into. How do they find out what that number is? How do they range find? Do they take a guess? Do they do they give? Do they test I think it they, with I the think they, staff? I, I think they test it with the staff, and then they pilot program it and change it over time. And they sort of they have to they have to they have to make fine fine tuning adjustments. I think right? so. I think so. Like this would be something that's under constant review in the restaurant. They're saying, "Well, hey, listen, we want one in one in four people to complete this. We're we're looking at one in three. We're almost. Trend, we're we're trending, to, yeah. We're we're trending down. It's terrible. We, we'll we'll never find to recover from this, right? I I like you. I'm convinced that many eating challenges that are just based on volume, like eat eat, eat twelve of our sliders or whatever, right? That yeah, I could do. It's usually something like that, yeah. But the thing that convinces me that I can't do this mm. in reality, and the reality check, is I think about the last time I went to a buffet or to a Fogo de Chao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when we were in, when Nick and I were in Vegas for honeymoon, we went, we went to the Bacchanal in Caesars, which is like- I, I would have, yeah. It's, uh, I, I've heard tell. I've heard tell of this place, and I, I would very much like to try it one day, I think. It's one of the largest buffets in the world, it's, and it, yes. it, it's dizzying. Like, and it's not, yeah. it's not like it's not like crappy food and like bamboos. It's like a bunch of different chefs, and it's broken up by like- by like regions of the world, so yeah, there well, is like I mean, a Dennis, you'll, ne- you'll never guess why I didn't try it when I went to Vegas. Is because it's like eighty bucks. It's like eighty dollars, and I could yeah. you know I could just go to Wendy's and get four for four or whatever. But yeah, go on. Yeah, um, but we did it for the experience. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've been there once with Jeff as well, once for work prior, 
And you go in and you're like, I'm going to eat so much food. Oh, my hmm. God. The dessert, like the dessert section of the Bacchanal is the size of a normal buffet alone. Hmm. Hmm. And you're like, oh, and you eat a plate and a half of food and you're like, I'm full. What am I supposed to do? I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it is one of those things, the eyes big in your stomach. Megan and I used to enjoy going in Glasgow to a place called Cooking Indies World Buffet, right? And this place- There's a, there's a place it, in Dublin very similar called Global Buffet that is- Yeah, exactly. It had pizza and curry and it had Chinese food. Sushi. And it had and, yeah. just, exactly. And all that, uh, yeah, it just all that sort of stuff. You get fish and chips in it, right? And every time like, mm, 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 God damn, I'm going to destroy this place. And you go in and like, yeah, plate and a half in. And you, you couldn't eat the pizza. You cannot yeah. eat the pizza. Because it just fills you up, right? You have to focus on the smaller bits and pieces. And it's wild. It's, it's so disappointing as well. But Oh, man, I've got to tell you. I went to a, an all-you-can-eat buffet one time with Frank Carsten, your friend and mine. Mm-hmm. So Frank Carsten, who has a doctorate in mathematics, I very, believe. Very, very right? mathematically-minded man. Like pure mathematics as well. Not not that nonsense apply. Like, you know, not not. it's all in the... He's working with imaginary numbers, complex mm-hmm. numbers, you know, silly numbers, all, all, all sorts of stuff. He sat down and calculated the... Oh, what did he do? He calculated like the, the optimal way to eat at a buffet to get in... Like in terms of caloric intake versus time spent there versus... Like he was trying to... He was trying to establish like an, an algorithm or something. Yeah. For the optimal way to approach an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? It was I was in all. He another thing, my favorite thing that Frank ever did in terms of like trying to you know quantify things that shouldn't be quantified was a time mm-hmm. that we because we used to work with him. We were late to work because we missed a train, mm-hmm. and he attempted to quantify whose fault in percentages it was that you'd missed the train. That we'd missed the train. So, like, right, right? after Toulon putting his shoes on, Eduardo mm. stopped to get a snack at a vending machine, mm-hmm. and then he would try to assign point values to that. And it was things like, because Eduardo stopped to get the thing at the vending machine, right, by the time he'd finished, uh, uh, you know, we had people there that also wanted to dro- drop into the news agents across the road because they decided they want a bottle of water there. But you that know? wouldn't like, have happened if Eduardo hadn't stopped, so Eduardo takes responsibility for that? Exactly. And because, like, I went back up to my room to get my jumper, Corbin decided that he had enough time to, you know, call mm. his wife, which then, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And at the end of it, when we got the, by the time we got the next train, Frank was like, all right, it's 7% Riley's fault. It's 14% Edu- Eduardo's fault, right? It's like 3% Corbin's fault. I'm like, there's no way it's 3% Corbin's fault because he took a lot. But it's like, yeah, but his fault is contingent upon yours. So you bear a percentage of, or a proportion of Corbin's lateness as well yeah, like, yeah. because you cause, I was like, this is, but I mean, you can't use the man with the numbers. You well, can't argue I mean, Dr. the other thing is that arguably only the last person matters. Because we would have got there had we, yeah. But then, but then they'll make the argument that they wouldn't have done their thing if it hadn't been, you know. But they had the information of they knew how close they were to the train time. Yeah. Listen, Dennis. If get you him, want get to him take in here. Up, get him in here. If you want to take up a, a, an argument that I think started about six years ago, I bet <laughs> you, you. You're telling me Frank wouldn't flip back through a notebook and be like, "All right, here it is." <laughs> He'd, he'd pop the. He'd get the abacus back out and be like, "Right, okay. Well, we can revisit these numbers with this new information, Dennis." Yeah. I would love to get Frank on the case when it comes to... I'll tell you what, put him in charge of a restaurant and you would have the most minutely optimized, mm. the most ruthlessly optimized eating challenges. We only right? serve chicken nuggets and rice. <laughs> because, well, oh, I mean, not just in terms of caloric intake, but like he would, you know, you were saying like, oh, it can be a marketing tool sometimes because they're paying mm-hmm. for the tweet or the photo, that sort of stuff. Frank would incorporate that into his algorithm, into his eating challenge or algorithm. He would he would calculate that he wants three point two five people out of every seven to complete. That's a lot. Out of every eleven to 
complete this eating challenge and therefore it needs to be this many grams of this and this much bread and only give them this much water and whatever yeah. else, man. Numbers are I, I can't. I can't, I can't approach my life like that, man. There are no. documentaries you can watch people who try and like beat buffets and I think the number of plates you have to eat is like 11 or something before you're up on the on, on most yeah, like this is buffets. what Frank was trying to calculate right yeah. in terms of how to how to end up well being, it depends like, there's caloric intake you can try that approach or you can try most expensive ingredients for the restaurant I don't know if that came into his calculation actually because that's like proteins usually. that's like chicken and beef yeah, and stuff and, and beef and whatever else yeah, of course it's yeah. meat it's not it's usually not carbs um, and also carbs fully up faster but if you're eating hanger steak after hanger steak after hanger steak you're gonna you're gonna yeah. get there I mean, Your jaw's going to hurt, but you're going to get there. I mean, you'll get there. Yeah, but you, you, I mean, you're going to feel, okay, you beat the restaurant in terms of like you got more than what you paid for. but And you can have a smug, be, look on, smug look on your face on, on, in the ride to the hospital. Dennis, you're going to be paying a very different cost later on. Exactly right. Mm. You know, yeah, you're going to pay the pipe one way or the other. Um, do, you, do you like buffets, generally speaking? I always think I will, and then I never do. Yeah. It's one of those, it's, one of those, it's like organizing to go to a live music concert. You look up to you look really look forward to it until like you have to actually go to it. You don't like live music yeah. concerts? Something changed, man. I, I used to love going to live music. And then Jordan actually then, might be, is you're old. Mm, I never considered that. It might be in <laughs> Did might you not consider that? that I'm old. I can actually pinpoint for you the exact time that I decided I didn't like live music anymore. It's halfway through a concert, you're like, Woo! No. <laughs> and then that's yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, applauding, and then actually this sucks. I'm gonna go home. Walk out, yeah. Should I name the band? Sure. I don't think they're listeners. It's a band that I'm immensely fond of. Is it the Mountain Goats? No, it's not the Mountain Goats. I, I don't want to burn any bridges with... Um, Fire with, it off. With... Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the, the band's name, and I'm going to recommend that you go and listen to them. But... And I'm going to say they are... No, they are wonderful. They're a great band, and they deserve your... They deserve all of your support and listenership and attention, and maybe not their live sets, unless they've changed their approach. I went and saw the band Shearwater, right? Shearwater. Shearwater. That's the, like the bird. S-E-S-H-E-A-R, water. They're really good. They're really, really good, right? They used to have Will Chef in them from, from Ockerville River. He left, but they're still fantastic, right? But I went and saw them at play in Berlin when I lived there many mm-hmm. years ago. And they just played new songs. Ooh, that sucks. Like they had a new album that wasn't out yet, so we couldn't listen to it. And that's like, the worst. Some new songs, and I'm like, all right, okay, I'll listen to a couple of new songs, fine. But I want to, I want the hits. Like, please play the hits. There song was no hits. Like the the third, well, the third song in, they didn't make us wait for the encore. The third song in, they played um, Rooks, which is their best song. But they did it in this like new, like they 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 did uh, they did a cover of their own song. Basically, it's the only way I can describe it. They did a they Michael messed, Jackson messed style up, cover of their own song. Yeah which really ground my gears. And then they just played new songs that I didn't know. And now I love them, right? But but then they, were, they weren't even out yet. And I just, I was just there stony face. I'm like, I liked listening to this music at home by myself much more than I enjoy being here after having paid 45 euros to come and see them. I like going to bands that are a spectacle, which is why I specifically really like why, going to- Which is why I, which, which is I, why I, Dennis Tranjak, am a fan of Muse. Bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> Best live band ever. Was, I knew it was coming. <laughs> there it is. 
Um, Best live band ever. That's a direct quote from the dust jacket of their DVD from Matt Bellamy himself. He was the one who provided the quote for the cover, the lead singer. Go on. Uh, they're a really, really good live band because the music is almost secondary to all the nonsense that's going on. Yeah, like, I went to yeah. saw them on their Drones tour. Drones, one of the worst albums I've ever heard in my entire life. There's almost... The Handler is maybe an okay song. Basically, everything else is garbage on that album. All right. Um, the tour, 10 out of 10. They had these giant drone balloons that they flew into the audience and, and stuff. And they like st- and they let a bunch of fireworks off and they had a giant robot. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they yeah. still so played you- Supermassive Black Hole and Plug In Baby and Starlight and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm on board with this. This is fine. Yeah. I mean, I would have been a lot less salty about Shearwater if they'd actually, you know, played. How, how, many, how many new songs can a band play at a gig? Five. Three. How many, how many songs have been played again? 18? Something like that, usually? No way. Way less. 12. 12? Maybe. 12, you, maybe not. Do you go on setlist.fm before you go to a gig so you know what to expect? No, no, no. I never used to, although I always used to try to snag the setlist. I've got some setlist. I've got a Mountain Goat setlist. That's cool. I've, I've followed the Mountain Goats around, man. Yeah? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase. Seeing as John Danielle follows me on Twitter, which is still something that I just cannot process, I'm going to rephrase that. <laughs> I didn't follow the Mountain Goats around. <laughs> I would check your Twitter after this to see if you still have your down one follower. Yeah, well, down one follower and up one block as well. Yeah. Um, when when the Mountain Goats toured Australia in 2008. You were I like ringing followed, hotels trying to find which room you were staying in. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, uh, you claim to be my best friend, but you say that I was ringing hotels. Come on, mate, please. I followed them around the country uh, and didn't book any accommodation anywhere. Did you sleep in your car? No, I didn't have a car. What are you talking about? Oh, no, I did have a car at that point. But no, I flew and I slept <laughs> in parks. You? I slept in I slept in a park. Uh, at one gig, I met some people and I was. they're like, oh, what are you saying? I'm like, I don't really have anyone to say. Like, you can sleep on our couch if you want. I'm like, yeah, great. Went home with them, slept on the couch. How old were you? See ya. 18, 19. You're, cr- that's, you're crazy. <laughs> no, it was all part of the experience, man. It was all part of the thing. It was like, I mean, this, is, this is just rough and ready. Mountain goats, let's go. I stayed at my friend Callum's place in Adelaide, but I, like, I slept... Yeah, I slept in a park after a gig one time. It was a warm summer's evening. I just went, slept on a bench. How was it? What, the sleeping on a bench or the yeah, tour? Yeah, sleeping on a bench. The sleeping on a bench is not great. It's not comfortable sleeping on a bench. But And um, you, live in, you live in a country that's one of the most amenable to that in the world, I'd say. It was more... Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but yeah, following them around and going to all these shows and stuff it was it was transcendental for me as a 19 wow. year old i mean i'm that much of a i mean i got i got a mountain goats tattoo like i've got mm-hmm. there i don't want to do this man i don't want to be a mountain goats fan on this podcast because mountain goats fans are just the worst dude like we're just like it's we're just the worst man but um i've joked before to riley about uh, getting surprised getting john danielle onto the podcast and riley's like i, I understand I, why you would do that and it, it's a fun idea i will just break down it won't be fun for anybody yeah like john danielle just owns my soul right like he wrote the soundtrack to my adolescence any anyone who's listened to the mountain goats and like knows how deep they get in they will understand where i'm coming from but like me i've, I've met john danielle like he signed an album of mine and uh, sorry, he signed an album of his <laughs> that yeah. I bought that I own, right? Um, but that was just, you know, that was a fan idol interaction that was perfectly acceptable, right? He signed it, gave me a hug and was like, good on you. And that was it, right? He's a huge fan of Magic the Gathering, though. And you're a commentator for Magic the Gathering. Do you think he's watched you on stream and been like, hey, I like that guy? 
I can't like Dennis every like you know like every time I tweet that tweet gets put on his phone like he, yeah. he's I have a direct like I could DM the man if I wanted to right and yeah. that's not something that like that's not something that the 19 year old who slept on a park bench in Newcastle in 2008 that's not something that he can handle so you're saying I gotta clip this and send it to him <laughs> is what I'm getting I'm telling you that if you get <laughs> John Danielle on the podcast where, I mean, you asked him on Twitter. You were like, oh, you know, big fan. I'd love to have you on the podcast one time. And he was like, sure, just let me know. And you came back to me and you're like, right, I've got great news. John Daniel has agreed to be on the podcast. And I'm like, all right, have fun because I can't <laughs> have a conversation with John Daniel. I will just, I will cry and blubber the whole way through. And I just, w- I just wouldn't be like, you know, it's not like they say never meet your heroes. And it's not really like that because I don't think that like deep down he's an asshole or anything else like that. Like he, who, who I, you just I, can't possibly, you, you have this, you have this old venerated version of him in your brain and you can't complete, you can't collapse that with a man who is by all accounts quite nice and plays around together and follows you on Twitter. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to have a conversation with him about you know his latest Azorius control deck and what he thinks of you know the, the position of white cards in the meta. Like I don't want to have to do that with a man who again has a sizable investment in like my very being. Like uh, it's yeah. Don't you think no, you owe it so, to him? Look, if he came to me and he's like Riley, there's nothing I want more than to play commander <laughs> with you. <laughs> It'd just be a really interesting piece of media because on the one hand, like it would be me going, oh, well, I, you know, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll cast lightning bolt on your birds of paradise, John. What do you got to say about that? Also, your music spoke to me on a level that I don't <laughs> think any other artist before or since has ever managed to connect with me. And thank you for guiding and me I through And I saw years. fit to carve it into my flesh as a result. Yeah, ex- exactly right. <laughs> like, what happens if he sees the tattoo, man? <laughs> like, yeah, I designed that. I will design that. I will cover it now. You got it. Ooh, that's a bit much. So no, I don't know. Even in the inter- like, even in the intervening years, right? Even in the the dec- more than a decade, decade and a half since I, you know, would would weep at Tallahassee, right? Um, there's there's too much residue there, man. Like, there's too much of a hangover from like that that because I like I'm I'm not a I'm not a died in the wool mountain goats fan. These days, like I, I listen to everything, like you know, in the same way that any game that Hideo Kojima puts out, you're going to mm-hmm. buy it and listen to it. Like mm-hmm. same with me in the mouth. He's got a free pass for life, right? He's got the he's got the the Riley Golden Diamond Platinum Plus ticket, right? But it's 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 very much something that like doesn't dominate my cultural consumption in the way that it used to, to the point that you know I got a tattoo. So, out of respect to that, you know, broken little teenager that used the mountain goats to get through his adolescence, I don't think I could handle an interaction with John Daniel. I understand your apprehension. I understand that. But next week on this episode, <laughs> episode 11, <laughs> this is special guest. <laughs>listening to this episode of have a listen to this your uh, weekly dose of bite-sized nonsense with uh, riley knight and dennis Straniak. if you like the show please tell your friends about it if you didn't like it i guess tell them anyway but um hopefully they download it and they like it or if they don't those downloads show up just the same to be honest if you really like the show you head to patreon.com slash have a listen to this and support the show get the show a little bit early as well as some other exclusive perks and you know help us keep the lights and the mics on over here